The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. and welcome to Connected. This is the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts where we interview members of our arts community about who they are, what they're doing, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the beautiful art stuff around the Elgin area. My name is Erin Rayberg and I'm one of the founders and executive directors of Side Street Studio Arts and I am here today literally with a group of oddballs. Um, here to talk about an upcoming show that Oddball Art Labs will have at Side Street Studio Arts. I have Mike, Dave, and Alyssa here with me today. Welcome all. Hello, hello. Hello. Dave, I'm going to start with you because that's how the order is in my Zoom window right now. So, Dave, who are you? What is your art? What are you doing here? Uh, (laughs) I'm Dave Metzger. I'm one of the directors of Oddball Art Labs. Um, I'm a visual artist. I've worked kind of when I started getting into the art scene was actually doing more digital art. And I'm trying to expand on that and get into more painting and other uh, mixed media and stuff. And um, so. <laughs> How's that going for you? How's that expansion? Uh, it's a slow process. <laughs> it's, it's partly, I think it's partially because I'm a graphic designer and illustrator uh, uh, during the day and work primarily with computers and stuff. And so that jump back into traditional art has been a little, <laughs> been a bit of a struggle at times. So. But it's a Mike, fun job. Mike, who are you? What are you doing? Well, Mike Rendy, I'm another artist here in Elgin, uh, web designer by day, artist by night, also one of the founding members and director of Oddball Art Labs. Yes, Dave got us all involved in this years ago. And oddly, for those not familiar with it, Oddball, while we weren't called Oddball, happened right around the same time Side Street opened. Um, our very first show was Calling All Robots. And then Dave just kept saying, hey, how about we do another show? Hey, how about we do another show? And eventually I said, we're branding ourselves, Dave. We're (laughs) we're, we're putting a name behind this. We're making this into something. Um, Oddball Art Labs came out of Dave's brain, as do so many amazing, crazy things. And we've been lucky enough to pull in lots of other local artists. And um, we're, we're excited. While we've all participated in shows in Elgin, um, and at Side Street, we're thrilled to actually be hosting a show at Side Street that that's actually an oddball show rather than just us joining in on that. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of work do you make, Mike? Oh, goodness. Um, uh, primarily acrylic. I have been branching out into watercolor recently. Uh, I do. And if you see my work and you see the moniker BAM, I tend to collaborate with my friend Bruce Batchelder, met him back in college, uh, and we tend to hand paintings back and forth between us, uh, not knowing what's going to wind up happening. It's an amazing amount of trust you have to have in another artist to say, all right, I think this is great. Take it, do what you can with it. And to see the amount of creativity that they infuse into it, and then you learn more about how to expand your own skills when you collaborate with artists, because 
they handle colors differently than you do, patterns differently than you do. Um, I tend to be very volumetric in my rendering and Bruce tends to be very flat. And it's fascinating to see how those two sensibilities collide and how it's affected my own work and approach to art over these past, I don't want to admit how many decades I've been working <laughs> with Bruce, <laughs> but it's a, it's a fascinating thing to see. And then you go and do your own personal work and then you come back and do collaborative and you've noticed an alteration in how you approach work, which just, I think, helps strengthen an artist. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool process you two have separately and together. And, you know, it pushes the boundaries of trust and, <laughs> you know, being able to let go of your work, which we all have to do at a certain point, no matter what. Um, but to have it modified and come back to you is, is so interesting to watch and uh, see the final product of as well. Alyssa, who are you? What do you do? What are you doing here? <laughs> Hi, my name is Alyssa Duda, and um, during the day I'm just a CNA, and in the evening or any free time I paint, and progressively more and more, uh, during the last three years, uh, beginning with oddball meetings, doing uh, our Sunday meetings, uh, it's, it's our church, our <laughs> oddball church. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I try not to miss a day and it really inspired and pushed me into creativity and then it involved into something more that I would like to change my career from being CNA to actually living from making art. Um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Alyssa, you've continue. actually done public artwork here in Elgin as well, haven't you? Yeah, it seems like Elgin really loves me and I love Elgin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Rolling Meadows, which is not too far. It's, it's, it's close. It's still suburbs. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I just love what you do with the city. It's very artistic, very artist-friendly town. You're so prolific, Alyssa. I mean, I've been enjoying the heck out of your October, excuse me, Inktober designs. They are so simple and charming and funny and sad and all, just so beautiful and filled with emotion. But then like Mike mentioned, you've also done a bunch of the storm drain art around Elgin. If you see any of those little gnomes floating down a stream anywhere around Elgin, um, that's Alyssa. We have an installation at Side Street that we've kept, um, right, that she built that was a mobile um, and you paint as well. So you just really are such a prolific creator um, of all sorts of mediums. Um, it, it's, it's really fun to watch and, and see. Um, and so much of your work, I feel, talks about family in a lot of different ways. And um, that's really interesting to, to me to, to watch and, and feel from. Um, is family a big inspiration for your work? I would say more people. Hmm. People expressions, feelings. Uh, I, I, I don't do, you know, still life or, um, I forgot the word for 
woods and <laughs> uh, landscapes. I'm not a landscape. I, I always paint human expression, human feeling, and little moments, something that usually people don't see. You know, I like looking from, I, I like people watching and capturing those special moments, you know. Nothing big, nothing posed. Um, yeah, you do, you do that so very well. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, Dave, you were I, the, the first one on here that we met, as, as Mike mentioned, all those years ago. Um, and I don't even know how we got introduced in the first place, but I know we met at Acme, um, yes. which is an amazing creative business in Elgin. Um, do you remember how or why yeah. we got hooked up? <laughs> well, uh, you, we, uh, I believe my friend John and I were working on the robot show and we were taking over an empty uh, space that ArtSpace had asked us to fill. And when we met with her, we said, well, if we're gonna put all this work, it was supposed to be a sort of a, it was all windows and they just wanted a display. And I said, well, if we're gonna put all this work into it, we gotta have a reception. <laughs> so we worked it out with them and they said, yeah. So we got a key and we uh, built the thing well, we were, uh, I think, at Acme on a Saturday, which he has a prop group, which is a kind of a, it's sort of like their art Saturday, <laughs> where they uh, artists all get together and create stuff. And you and uh, Tanner came walking in, and we were kind of introduced. And I knew, uh, I'd seen some posts on Facebook of your work uh, getting the gallery prepped. And I remember talking to John, I said, oh, wow, there's a gallery open. <laughs> it looks pretty good. Looks, It's got a cool space and stuff. And I, I think he posted photos of the floor all done. And I was like, wow, this is gonna be cool. And that's kind of what sparked it. And then in the end, you guys um, for the robot show created, cause you had the dance, uh, some of the dance uh, artists and stuff came and did a sort of a interpretive robot dance with a girl working a uh, remote control. That's and, right. I almost forgot about that. Tanner yeah. built a cardboard robot costume it, and then Andy, one of our dancers came. Yeah, and it was to a classical piece of music and we just <laughs> cranked it up and this crowd comes walking in. She's just zipping through the crowd <laughs> doing pirouettes and thing. It was very great. That's right. That was our, our, you know, maybe a week or two after Side Street opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're barely, it just opened, so it worked out. Yeah, clearly there was point. something in the air. It, it yeah, was yeah. great, but it was, you know, definitely our first, and I, I didn't know if that, I couldn't remember if that was kind of your first collaborative um, effort in first, downtown. That was our first collaborative art show, too, yeah. And Mike, I mean, if, Mike if, and uh, Mike was involved in that, and um, some other oddballs and stuff. Yeah, painting the walls as well as painting the paintings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it really introduced, you know, Elgin and beyond to what would become Oddball Art Labs and this idea of right that there's a call for art, but you do a lot of curating as well, and then you know there is an informational, sometimes educational component to what is really an, a room of installation. You know, it, it's not just visual art on the walls, which there's nothing wrong with, but it, it, it really 
visiting one of your exhibitions takes people on a journey, um, introduces them to new artists of all uh, skill levels, of all mediums, you know, of all uh, levels of experience. And um, it was really exciting to, to see and be a part of, especially. That was also kind of how, um, what stemmed out of that show was kind of our formula for shows. They tend to be more pop culture, but um, we, um, John and I reached out to uh, Got Robot. Is it Got? Yeah, Got Robot. Yeah, Got Robot. Which was a teen group that builds robots that competes in national competitions and all that. And it just so happened that they had just made it into the nationals. So they had to travel, I think, to St. Louis and needed money for, they had to put the kids up, feed them and stuff and all that. And so John and I convinced them to come hang for the night. And they actually brought a couple of their previous robots and the newest one. And they actually drove it through the crowd with a basket. <laughs> and people were just dropping tens and twenties. on it. <laughs> And they made a huge, they made a killing that night. And that's kind of how we've stemmed from there with all of our shows. If we can tie in some kind of a nonprofit that even sort of ties in on the theme, uh, then it works. It's a great, great uh, little uh, tie-in. So, for example, we did a pinup show. We had a, um, a pinup group that called Heels for Combat Boots. And so we raised money for them. We had some of the pinup girls come. And um, they uh, it's actually a national organization, but we had the state uh, Illinois version come. And then the money went to uh, vets uh, suffering from PTSD. They do a variety of different programs where they help distribute funds. Um, they do other types of things to help uh, vets. So we've always tried to do that. And same with, we did a show called FezFest where we got, did with the Shriners, we actually got Shriners to come bring their little cars and they drove them around outside, had a couple inside so people could stay, get in the car and do a photo op. And then we raised money for the Children's Shriners Hospital. So that, that, that's kind of like always been our little formula if we can make it work. And why is that connection to both, you know, something like Calling All Robots, that's, uh, you know, a local group, uh, as well as a greater cause, so to speak? Why is that an important part of the formula? Well, one, it just makes you feel good. <laughs> you're up in a cause and stuff. And I, the, other, the other thing that sticks in my mind was uh, Mike told me this. We've tried to pull in a few uh some bigger artists from like chicago area we've had mitch o'connell um hillary barda and we always do our little um after party at martini room which is another way of helping another business hey come on have a couple cocktails at the end of the night over at this bar and he went over for for an after cocktail and was talking to mike and he said he goes this is different he goes this is a community and he picked up on that a whole idea that People weren't just coming to to look at art. It was part of a, a bigger connection with with the community, which I think is really cool. And that's kind of what's uh, has sparked us, I think. And so much of your work and what all three of you are doing individually as well as a collaborative speaks so much to the economic impact of the arts, right? Right. We know that even if you weren't encouraging people to go to Martini Room after, probably 10 people would go to Martini Room after, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so 
by encouraging it, it sends that many more folks over. But we know that every time there is any sort of art event or creative process or Alyssa's painting outside downtown, it sparks economic activity from buying gas to having to get there to the eating and drinking to yeah. the babysitter that was hired and beyond. Yeah, I, I always get a kick when you see somebody at the show and then they're gone and then you'll notice them back and they're holding a food box. (laughs) Know that, hey, they went to around the corner to go eat and and come back and have one last look. Yeah, and we we strive to pull in people from out of the Elgin area also to discover how wonderful our downtown is. And after a, a couple of years ago, we had gotten some comments of people who weren't sure what was in the area. So then Dave started doing table toppers to put in the gallery spotlighting all the restaurants and other attractions Elgin has so that we can wind up, you know, they, they come in for the show, they've heard it's fun, it's the stomach starts to grumble, they, they see a table topper, think, oh, I'm going to go over here, check out that, or, you know, a, a city with such a great Hispanic heritage, there's, you know, great Mexican food here, let's go see what Elgin has to offer. And then as Dave said, they're back in the gallery because they're not done for their night. They've got their takeout box because <laughs> it was too much. Yeah, it's it's wonderful being able to help bring people in and help them realize just how beautiful the town we love is. We, shortly after Calling All Robots started talking about with you and John LaFleur something wicked, um, because in the beginning of Nightmare on Chicago Street, our big downtown Elgin Halloween celebration that we typically have, um, so much wicked creativity was coming out of that. And you two had the great idea of Side Street creating an exhibition to, you know, piggyback slash hold hands with Nightmare on Chicago Street. Um, And as we are having this interview, there are two floors of something wicked art featuring almost 80 artists in the gallery right now for its final day. Um, That has become an annual staple and at Side Street. And there is no talk (laughs) of not doing that at any point. And especially when we have Nightmare on Chicago Street down here, so much of the work sells, right? And gets so many eyeballs on it. But even now in this kind of fluctuating place of the safety of an art opening and that sort of thing. It has still been one of our most popular opening nights and popular exhibits. Um, Just really tapping into that theme idea, as well as whatever relationship Elgin has with Halloween, (laughs) you know, that's evolving over the years. Yeah. uh, I mean, who knew? I mean, I mean, I, I'm also on the Halloween, the nightmare Halloween committee. And the first year we did, I mean, I don't think anybody could even imagine what it became. Um, a lot of the the businesses, you know, had seen a lot of different events happen and some some did well, some did okay, and some didn't do so well. And the first year they ran out of beer at 830 because they just didn't order enough because they had no clue. And I remember the night of the event, uh, the the flyer, which was a sort of a, a replica newspaper, uh, was hot off the press and they didn't even have time to fold it. So it was brought, we were in the back hand folding all these newspapers and we were getting reports. There's like, there's a line down the block. It's going around the block. <laughs> so we had no idea what this, what it became. And the numbers just like, and uh, I think that's, 
what is you know become of like something wicked that there's definitely elgin's known as kind of a halloween town now which yeah. is very cool Tan- when tanner and i moved back to elgin right before the second year of nightmare on chicago street we're like okay it's elgin we're not going to really invite anyone but we're going to go because we love elgin we're going to have we dressed up and came down and we were like this is not the downtown Elgin of my childhood, right? That I am from here. I know downtown Elgin. I've been back and forth for 10 years, but this was the first time I was socializing in downtown Elgin and we were blown away. And while we weren't thinking about side street yet, we know that our first visit to nightmare helped plant a seed of you can do stuff here. You can find your people, you can do your weird, you can make your art and people will pay attention. And that little seed somehow, you know, was, was planted and, and, right, and right. such a big deal. Yeah. It, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the show we have coming up, uh, it opens November 19th, a cabinet of curiosities. Mike, what's the show about? Okay. <laughs> origin of this oh, okay goes back here we go everyone <laughs> absolutely so i'll try to keep it quick but the origin does jump back about six or seven years uh bruce the guy i collaborate with as you know art supply hoarder is that what you'd call him i suspect it's what you'd call him um he has he works at a frame shop part-time uh and any of the scraps stuff they're going to throw in the bin after anyway after they've cut up frames he brings them over frames them up, we use them as the basis for our work and we give them to other artists also. We like to share the wealth. Well, one day he comes by and he's got this giant box of old photographs that his mother was gonna throw away, which of course, Bruce couldn't allow. (laughs) So we open it up and it is this just treasure trove of photographs from the late 1800s through the early 1900s, known as cabinet cards. And these were back when you'd have to go to a professional studio and you'd get all dressed up to be able to take this memento that could be handed down through the ages. And they're, they're beautiful. They're on a heavy cardstock. They are either, a, they're all black and white, some are sepia toned. And they're just this snapshot of people in their finery from around the turn of the, of the last century, the prior century. And just from a standpoint of uh, uh, keepsakes, they're beautiful. But then Bruce and I thought to ourselves, we got to use these somehow. So we used them for inspiration for a show called The 33, where we took 33 of them and we painted 33 different portraits. And we were lucky enough, Roto Fuji in Chicago hosted it for us. Thrilled to have a show in Chicago. Uh, we've actually, some of the pieces have found their way into Side Street for shows also. And of course, in the process of researching this, it's like, this is a great idea. I can't believe anybody else never done did this before. Researching, lots of people have done this before. Um, <laughs> Mark Mothersbrow of Devo fame had used cabinet cards for a series he called Beautiful Mutants. There's an artist by the name of Alex Gross that currently is still painting on, he will find a cabinet card, take a beautiful high quality photo of it, and then paint it into a pop culture figure. Uh, You know, superheroes, science fiction figures, uh, tons of things like that, amazing work. And then in addition to that, 
If you've never heard of Travis Louie, he's an artist, West Coast. While he doesn't use, I believe, cabinet cards themselves as a direct source, he uses them. It, it, he's got such a feel for pencil or paint, whichever he chooses for that one, where the rendering he does of a monster in its finery looks like it could have been a cabinet card. Beautiful stuff. So we had so much fun with that and saw all the different approaches people took to it. We thought we need to get more people involved. So we planned a show to hand out to 30 plus different Elgin artists and surrounding area and see what they would do with this as inspiration. To see that the sheer variety from, from a singular piece of source material. So everyone got to choose a piece that they wanted. We have plans then to hang the original cabinet card next to the piece of artwork so that you can directly see the person, the artist here created this, but they were influenced by this old piece of, of, of photography, a snapshot of history. And it'll be, from our perspective, fascinating just to see the different varying approaches that people take to this. Uh, Lots of 2D art. Uh, some people have gone above and beyond. Um, I, I can't wait to see Mary Sweeney's layout because she felt that this woman is probably deceased and she did a whole like retrospective kind of funerary layout of the woman. Uh, Phil Seafreets from Schomburg is, I believe he turned a young boy into the Riddler. If I'm remembering the piece correctly, I saw it a year ago. Uh, point taken on this, the fact that the show was supposed to have happened in 2020. Due to the pandemic, it's post was postponed until two weeks from now. So, you know, uh, three weeks. So thrilled to finally be bringing this to Elgin. Thrilled to finally see some of these pieces that I've only seen grainy photos of that someone sent over. Uh, yeah, the variety of work is, is honestly, I think, the fun part about it. A, a strange topic that everyone has taken to. And, and at that point in time, do we want to segue into someone who got a little carried away with her cabinet card work? <laughs> My next question was going to be, Alyssa, what are you doing or what did you do for this show? Yeah, that takes that to, to me. Um, yeah, that uh, idea kind of blew my mind because uh, I just couldn't stop thinking about what can I do with that photo of a couple that I got. Um, usually I take a photograph and it already gives me some kind of message and idea that I paint, but this was different. I made a lot of uh, sketches and I produced the piece, but uh, my mind just kept going and going. And I wanted to continue with those ideas. I wanted to see how it would look if he's on fire and she's water or, you know, or they're fish or they're uh, rainbows. There's so many ideas. Um, I just decided to explore that deeper but I chose my own photo because uh, um, I had my own old photographs for my family and I thought I would pay tribute to their lives. And uh, I got this photo of my late uncle that died pretty young. And I always mourn his 
life and the fact that I didn't have an uncle. Um, I imagine how fun it would be to have an uncle. And here he was with two friends and I know they were naughty boys, so they wouldn't mind me to experiment or do something silly with their faces. Uh, I don't think they would mind. <laughs> and I just went with it and I started exploring different uh, paint materials, different ways of painting. And then I started questioning what is my style and what is artist style? Because uh, I noticed my favorite artists, they all have their own very recognizable style. And I don't. All my paintings are kind of all over the place. And as you mentioned, I do murals or decorate windows or make mobiles or some kind of installations. Uh, and I needed some kind of frame to, to be more uh, recognizable for people, to give people some consistency. And I started experimenting with uh, styles and colors and then I went and started mimicking other people's styles, other uh, artists' styles, just kind of um, to study the art. I actually went and, and read books about Dali and painted a piece for Dali and Frida and other known artists. And then I went into less known artists, but they are very dear to me. It's someone that I follow on Instagram and we actually have some connections and uh, message each other and started kind of mimicking their styles to see how it would feel to paint in the way. I don't want to steal this style, but I still enjoyed um, trying to mimic their styles. And it seemed like they liked it too. A lot of people messaged me and liked it and really loved it. So some didn't say anything, but uh, it was still very, very positive reaction from them, which encouraged me to, to go more and more. And, um, now I'm doing uh, Inktober, so I'm doing all my pieces in ink, which is black and white, and those topics can be very different, uh, but that frame of three boys connects them together. And I think people love to see what I'm coming up with, <laughs> and it's fun for me too, and it's uh, kind of challenge and um, you know like a game to come up with but sometimes I need to meditate and, and, and think really think <laughs> and talk to other people because it, it sometimes is hard to connect to unrelatable you know words like three boys and slither for example like today's day but I think I came up with something fun yeah. That, that process is so interesting and 
so bold, right? I think a lot of us spend so much, uh, right, of early careers, of course, mimicking people, right? And then trying to throw all that away to find our own path. And then to come back to that as part of a process is so very interesting. So are we going to see a whole body of work from you at a cabinet of curiosities? Is there going to be a lot of Alyssa work there? (laughs) Yes, we decided to fill the second floor which I have, I counted, I have 80 pieces right now. (laughs) So yeah, it would be really fun if people would be interested in coming and seeing them in person. Also, they can see it on Instagram, of course. That's awesome. That's one one way to get a solo show, right? Just, you know, whip out 80 kick-ass pieces. <laughs> well, it all grew from Cabinet of Curiosities. That's amazing. All that idea. <laughs> yeah, and, and Mike keep, kept uh, giving some kind of suggestions and inspirations and bringing books and that just... <laughs> putting gas in the fire <laughs> I, I think i think too when you see it all together it'll kind of you're like oh yeah it kind of all makes sense and stuff because right. i've kind of watched i've watched her posts on instagram and facebook and stuff and that's kind of what drove the interest in uh that this we we need to display this yeah and from the educational standpoint i mean side street does so many wonderful things with students and for us, it seemed a, it would have been a lost opportunity to not display this, and I'm saying insane politely, this insane outpouring of work from just a single photograph to inspire other artists to see just exactly how far you can push a single idea and that by continually pushing yourself to do more and more and more, you can you can see even... As talented as Alyssa was when she started this, you you can even see a progression of talent through the exploration of a single image as she's going through it. And we hope that's going to be inspiring for others. Yeah, that's great. That I mean, it makes perfect sense that your skill and artistic worldview would only expand through an effort like this. That's amazing. Um, of course, we want people to see the show, but Alyssa, if they want to prepare and find it on Instagram first. Where can they find you on Instagram? It's at alissa.theartist. And it's A-L-I-S-A, right? Yes, yes. Thank you. Dave, what work are you going to have in this one? Um, I'm hoping to finish a traditional (laughs) traditional painting. So you're on the other side of it. You don't have 80 pieces in a stack Uh, behind you. No. Okay, but Dave has a good excuse. And the <laughs> pandemic is no, 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 no. I'm absolutely serious, Dave. Dave, your your day job doing educational toys. Yeah. What happened to this during the pandemic? Uh, we got busier. <laughs> we're like, I've been working from home uh, since the pandemic. We're supposed to maybe go back soft opening in end of November, mm-hmm. um, and then with a plan for next year. But uh, yeah, and we've had just actually 2020 was our best year. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, there were a bunch of circum um, different factors involved. Yeah. yeah, we've been just crazy busy. So is your work yes. for this digital? Everywhere. Are What's you that? making digital work for this show? 
Um, that's my backup plan. If because <laughs> I, I go to what I I actually have done a lot of old, more old style black and white sepia tone type uh, digital stuff, which I might try and do it, um, if this what I'm planning doesn't work out. <laughs> so well, and that isn't totally off track from your style, you know. Broadly no, no, no. So I've actually been influenced. I always have some kind of we we live in a Victorian house that we're restoring and so I've always had kind of a interest in uh, old things uh, so that's that's it's always been kind of an influence in my work and Mike what about you and or Bam well Bruce and I have two pieces one for each of us uh basically these we've had these done for over a year and these were early pieces when any of us, anyone who's seen our work in the gallery has seen that roughly about a year ago, suddenly there was a, a, a radical shift in how we're working, where we couldn't just sit next to each other and pass a piece back and forth. Suddenly it was, I'd bring it to a certain point and hand it to Bruce and Bruce would then work on it. And unfortunately, I was putting too much work into my, in the pieces I was bringing him. So he'd look at these portraits and think, these are done. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do to this? But that's where Bruce then started going crazy with the patterning. And suddenly he found himself doing ink lines over the black and white shadings I do in my work so that they look more engraved. There, there was suddenly a pen and ink texturizing to the characters with, with again, on top of my volumetric paintings, these amazing flat patterns, which I think the contrast is beautiful. And then in the backgrounds, he began doing dots and lines and shapes, but the backgrounds weren't enough for him. So suddenly they exploded onto the frames themselves where he would wrap his paintwork along the frame outside, even on some that are particularly volumetric wrapped around the frame itself so that if you were to lean next to the wall, you could still see he didn't stop until he hit the back. Um, it, it was a, a radical departure, but again, something good that came out of the pandemic because in order to collaborate, we still had to find a new way to make that collaboration work. And I don't know if it's something we would have approached if we weren't able to sit right down next to each other and work. So that took a completely different turn to our work lately. And I, I can't wait to see where we go with it next because now I've begun taking some of the things he's done outside and pulling them back into the main composition, which frustrates him to no end. <laughs> and he has to reinvent and figure out what he's doing next. So yeah, we've got two pieces. One of them, uh, Preston perseveres the pandemic. Yes, we did that as soon as we found out the show was going to be canceled, where I took one of those old, and interestingly, the photographs, potentially some of these were right during the 1918 pandemic. So we reimagined one of ours as wearing a face mask. Uh, and then another one, um, that's a, a rather larger piece. It's He's got planets and asteroids and other celestial stars and that in the background of it. It's just, yeah, that <laughs> I, to me, when Bruce handed it back to me and said, what do you think? Is this something we want to do? 
I was blown away mm-hmm. that, that, yep, guess this is the next couple of years of our art. <laughs> I, I, I want you to touch a little bit on the color you two use as well. You know, there's the collaboration and the back and forth. Um, but color is such an integral part of, of the work you two create. It's interesting. Yeah. Some, oftentimes it is such an integral part, but then when I saw what Bruce started to do, I had handed him a color portrait. Uh, of course it wasn't normal human colors. I tend to paint off colors and the man was purple. And that was, I think the first one Bruce did this on top of, but then based on the sheer color and texture and extras that he added, I shifted back and started just giving him black and white because I wanted, while my black and white portraits were the focal point, I didn't want them to steal the spotlight from the amazing color work and textures that Bruce then started to do outside of it. Uh, And the, the contrast of the two, he always tends to try to make sure that whatever he's doing color wise, it's still somehow focusing back in on the central figure. And it's, it's fascinating that he can put such garish colors on there that still spotlight a black and white figure. Um, you're fascinated by how he does it. Very cool. Um, you mentioned uh, Mary Sweeney, who is horror floral, um, and Phil, who does great, almost uh, high art, cartoon paintings. Um, There's this great balance between his talent and subject matter that is really fun and exciting. Who else are we looking forward to see being a part of this show? Oh, list is coming out, people. Let's see the list. So, (laughs) and of course we haven't seen artwork from everybody yet, but uh, we're hoping Pam Cedar gets hers in. We've invited Nikita Brewer, Lindsay Wiseman, Amanda, Amanda Heinrich, I've seen hers. Ken is working on his, but had to stop while working on Little Park of Horrors last weekend, the you know replacement for a Nightmare on Chicago. Hopefully we'll be back to Nightmare next year. Doug Hansen, Amy Porter is working. She shifted from painting to tattooing. And now her she's working on a piece of faux skin and doing a tattoo of her piece of artwork on that to hang. Mm -hmm. That was the last update I had. I can't wait to see what it actually looks like. Uh, David Bremer, who introduced us to Alyssa and brought her into the group. Uh, We mentioned Phil. Um, There's a lot of the younger people over at Side Street who I've only met a couple of times. So I'm sure I'm messing up. Sierra Findlay said she was uh, putting a piece in. Carl Jenkins, he's on the actual Facebook event banner and on our website and it's kind of this he pushed it to the steampunk level with it Alyssa's piece um Kevin Kearney he says Bobby Rowland Aaron Kramer who does all the sculptural stuff I don't know what to expect but she said she's going to be ready for it so we'll see what happens there a good friend of ours from college Barbara Grant she's up in Whitewater Wisconsin uh Let's see now. Mary Sweeney mentioned her. Jane Erlinson said she's working on hers. Jess Roca, Catherine Eli. The list just keeps going on and on. Kimberly Wildner, um, Sam the Jam, Chris Palm. We've seen one version of his and he said he's working on a revised one because he had plenty of time. We'll see what happens there. Nancy Guthrie, 
uh, Stephanie Manel. I hope Scott Mackey gets his in. Can't wait to see it. I've talked to Evan. Uh, let's see. Howard Hass and Lance Doc Boucher. I think that's everybody on my list. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Well, and you've mentioned photographers and sculptors and painters and printmakers and illustrators, um, you know, and and people who work in, in multiple mediums. And like you said, you know, you all have seen a chunk of the work because it was supposed to happen, but there's still going to be surprises for you all as well. Oh, absolutely. And we cannot wait. That. Honestly, Art Drop-Off Day for me is one of second only to opening night when it's all there and you get to see people walking around, scratching their chins and ooing and eyeing. Drop-Off Day is for us that, that sneak preview. The, the, the gasping in surprise as you see just how far someone pushed this weird theme that we presented. We've had so many fun moments like that through all of the prior shows, seeing how someone surprised us with a cartoon piece or a surrealism or, you know, the, the cheesecake shows, uh, the robots shows. I mean, there's, I can't wait to see where people bring this and to be inspired by what they've presented. I love drop off and install too. And it was one of the things that I had to walk away from early on at side street because Tanner and I would do it together and then get into uh, very dramatic debates about what should go where we both like doing it so much uh, and are opinionated humans. So I was like, okay, I'll go work on other stuff. You do install Alyssa. I'm thinking of your work in the theater, which is a beautiful big space, it's it's kind of my favorite place to show work right now. Um, how involved are you going to be in the install of all your pieces? Are you going to be super hands-on or are you going to drop and walk away? What are you thinking? Oh, no, 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 no. <clears throat> I'm a little bit control freak in those cases. So, yeah, I'm going to be 100% deciding and hanging and, and yeah, and framing that's I, I don't wait for that <laughs> but you know it has to be done but to frame 80 pieces it's gonna be a lot of work yeah yeah you yeah. should probably get started on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i want to i we're running out of time i just want to backtrack a little bit because there's there's something you all do that i wanted to talk about a little bit you you know aside from your your first show, um, you have developed and maintained the Sunday art group. Um, you know, you've done it through Zoom, through COVID, and, you know, it seems like you're back in person sometimes and kind of as health and safety and time and space allow, but um, you've come together in various forms every Sunday for, for years now. Um, Mike, if you can kind of tell us how that started and then um, other two, what that means and does to you and for you, um, everybody. Right. So we started doing this 30 years ago, probably, on and off in different forms. And uh, it started as crits. You know, and we're all familiar with art crits where you bring your art, you show it to everybody and you discuss the pros and cons of the approach that you had. But there was something impersonal about that, where the, the, while a critique is useful, 
sometimes it's a little too pointed and you walk away with more of a negative feeling sometimes. All artists take so much pride in your work, you can't help that. So in order to try to maintain the positive flow of it, we decided that rather than present finished work, we would get together and work on art. It started out originally as Art Night. I think it was Wednesday nights for many years we'd get together. Uh, life made that a little challenging, so we shifted it to a Sunday so that we had more time to do it. And we would get together, you know, in my basement, Bruce's basement, then other people started volunteering. So we'd meet on, you know, Alyssa and Scott's back porch. And we would bring work in process. And that way we were immediately sitting there chatting about art, the world around us, current events, uh, the cool other things we've seen, books we've read while working on art and being inspired by Seeing someone's approach uh, uh, to me is more inspiring and, and more informative, honestly, than seeing the finished piece. So seeing how, you know, Alyssa would lay down colors and, and layer things, seeing how Dave just sits there silent, both Dave and Ken, not saying anything, and then suddenly just kind of looking up from their sketch pad, and there's this elaborate amazing drawing there that you can't wait to see turn into a bigger piece. And being able to immediately while you're working on something, knowing that another person in the group can just kind of look over and go, wow, I really love where you're going there. Had you considered and then feed you extra information, knowing that you might not take it, you might take it on another one, they're welcome to take it back. Someone else is welcome to use the idea on a piece they're working on. but to immediately be inspired and immediately give someone feedback on the successes you, you perceive in their work. And for me, that has been both inspiring, uh, helpful in my own artistic growth, and has added a camaraderie to our group where most of the time we work in seclusion. So being able to take this time to work with other people. And it opens it up to more of a social interaction. So I, I can't wait until when the numbers got high, we locked down again, we were open a little bit during the summer. Now we're just discussing over Zoom. I cannot wait till the spring, hoping that numbers are down and we can start getting together again so that I can begin seeing the creation of these amazing works with my own eyes. And the donuts. And the donuts. Yes. <laughs> uh, another thing off of that kind of came out of that was the uh, we've done with a lot of some of our later shows has been a jam painting uh, where we do a theme painting based on the show. So someone will like if when we had a, like at Mike's house and we were outside, people would be, we'd have two people sometimes painting on a larger canvas and stuff. So we've done for, I think, three shows now? I believe so. Last three, yeah. last three shows where, based on the theme of the show, we've done a what we call the jam painting, where someone does something and then someone does another little chunk and kind of takes off from there. And well, then you mentioned gets... it's, it's kind of like church, right? It, not only is it that consistency, but you, you can keep coming back and, and talking and exploring um, uh, 
what what all does that those meetings do for you? It's it also very therapeutic because we are social, you know, uh, beings, and we need that interaction and talking. We open up and we know everything about everyone. <laughs> we know all the stories, all the classic jokes, and all the classic personalities. It's amazing. I, I love it. It's my family, actually. And it's not only my opinion, but it's therapeutic. And uh, Bruce actually used clearly all those little creatures on uh, Mike's paintings as a therapy, because he's going through a lot. And all of us actually dealing with that pandemic, uh, art really helped us, all of us, I, I feel like. And to talk to each other, doing creating art is even better. Yeah, it, it was kind of shocking when we used to go every Sunday to those meetings and then suddenly it was cut off and we didn't see each other. And actually I was the one pushing for virtual meetings and maybe Zoom or Facebook or something because I needed that. And there's uh, regulars that are always there and they say how it's helping them. Yeah. And you have a responsibility. You said it's like a family. You have a responsibility to each other, you know, that you've developed that's really beautiful and um, helpful <laughs> and amazing. Oh, yeah, we try to support each other and be positive and in any way with art and life troubles mm -hmm. you know, or advice. Or I, I know it's my family. If, if I'm in trouble, I go and ask you know, and for help, and I'm gonna get help. So it's very com comforting. That's wonderful. If if anyone wants to know about Oddball Art Labs in general, where should they go? Oddballartlabs.org is the best place to hit. Um, from there, we've got links to Facebook, and we're negligent on Instagram. We love it. We <laughs> we tend to nurture our own individual feeds, but we try to get information out there as well. But uh, yeah, oddballartlabs.org is the best place. Um, also, if you happen to be by the Made Co-op Gallery, go ahead and ogle the uh, mobile art machine that's there, which during the pandemic hasn't been very mobile. And again, we thank Side Street for hosting it all that time. And there's a smaller version over at Cook Suite Boutique around the corner that we had developed in the hope for, it's much more portable and we wanted to be able to start getting people's art to farther locations outside of Elgin to again help draw people into Elgin to see the art community that you know we Side Street and many other organizations are building here, uh, but of course the pandemic made that not go other places. <laughs> um, a cabinet of curious of curious characters. Excuse me, I want to say it correctly. A cabinet of curious characters opens here at Side Street, November nineteenth um in the evening with an opening reception and then we'll be open for gallery hours friday saturday and sunday uh through the 28th and so people can check that out if you would like um, a private viewing you can email side street and get that information um and we will make that happen anything else you want anyone to know about the show 
I just hope to see everyone there. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, of course, masks required, right? Not properly Gotta worn masks are required in all side street spaces. Yes, and we will point at you and tell you to fix it. Uh, we will also offer you extra masks if you need them um, because we want you to come. <laughs> and we want to see them in 2022 once we can see people's smiles again, hopefully. Exactly. Um, and this show is also, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, sponsored by the Elgin Cultural Arts Commission. Did we get no, an individual grant? No, okay, Whew, I take no. it back. Yeah, we never got around. <laughs> they have been in the past. They have been yeah. in the past. <laughs> Our big shows, we absolutely always do because we've got to cover the insurance and the catering and the, you know, and, and those are the big ones where we actually do give to a charity. But since Side Street's nice enough to host this one, we didn't go for funding for it. And it's all just a bunch of oddballs getting together and presenting their work to the world. That's why I haven't seen Dave perform in a while. I, he hasn't come to a commission meeting to perform for us in a while. So. Expect that for 2022 for but. Totally Tiki, because <laughs> that one was canceled too. And we're planning on bringing that in. Wonderful. Alyssa, Mike, Dave, Oddballs, thank you so much for joining me today. It's lovely to see you all, and I cannot wait to see the show go up. Oh, thank you for having us. <laughs> Everyone check us out at sidestreetstudioarts.org, as well as Oddball Art Labs. Um, and we will see you all at a Cabinet of Curious Characters on November 19th. Have a good one, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.